0: Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. week, uh, we read in James chapter 2, okay, and James, one of those books, I know some of you guys, James, your favorite, like you read James, like this is awesome, I mean, James just like lays it out, he tells you all these things, he, boy, he doesn't really like, he just, he, it's concentrated, right, it is concentrated, there's a whole lot in a little bit of space, right, Um, and so we looked at this idea here of faith and works, And, uh, you know, I don't know what your history is with this when it comes to these things. I can tell you for me, um, you know, embarrassingly enough, I would say years and years and years ago, uh, this was like the source of contention. Like this is where the battle would be with people, right? Because, you know, we'd be on campus at Florida State University and, you know, you'd have kind of one camp. It would be like, it's faith alone, man. It's faith alone. That's all you need is faith. That's all you need is faith. All you need is faith. And then there was the other camp, which was my camp, which is like, well, that's crazy uh, because James alone says that it's not just by faith alone. And you would have this argument, right, back and forth in this fight because I was going to be right. No, no, no he was going to be right. And you've ever been in one of those before where you're just like arguing it out, right, where you have this camp over here and this camp over there, right? Yeah, I think many of you guys have been in that situation before. All right. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Neither camp is the right camp. All right. I-, I hope that maybe might disturb you a little bit. Neither camp is the right camp. All right. This is what the, re- the reforming fathers had a tough time with because they were going, no, no, we're on this camp. And then everybody else, said, no, we're on this camp. We're going, Hold on a minute. There's no camp. There's the Bible teaching about faith and works. Okay. And so when you say, well, hold on a minute, Keith, but you can't have faith without that worse. And those people who say it's just faith alone. Well, you can make a pretty good argument in the Bible that it is faith alone. You can make a pretty good argument about that. You're going, oh boy, Keith, what happened to you on vacation, <laughs> right? <laughs> what happened to you? But here's why I'm saying this is because you want to know what? When you have a camp that you're going to fight it out, it makes you uh, completely discount anything else. Okay, and so last week, you know, we talked about this. This is faith in works right here. There's tension. There's tension. It's like, a, it's like this tug of war, right? Like, is it just this idea of, of, oh, man, no, no, it's just faith and having faith in Jesus and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But without tension, it just gets yanked away and there's no, there's no substance to it. If it's just about, no, you just, you just do it. You just do it. You just get out there and do it. You just get out there and do it. It doesn't matter what you think. Well, that's not right either, right? There's this tension. How's your tension going on this? All right, because what's funny is they both have the same underlying protective factor, okay? And that is scared to go and live it out. We've got to protect ourselves. We've got to protect ourselves and go, no, 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 it's just about fading. It's like, no, it's just about the works that I do really well, right? Have you ever done that before? Like, you've ever been like, you're super convicted about something because you do it well? Right, like that's awesome. Everyone should be like me. Okay, well, hold on a minute here. Right, let's have some tension here. Let's be okay. There's, you know, there's a lot in the Bible that we've got to have this tension on both sides. We've got to have this, okay, with faith and with works. And so here's the interesting thing right here. Last week we read in James. So let me let me paint a picture for you. James, the brother of Jesus. Let's say he were to meet Paul, which he did. Okay, and they got together. And we already read what James said. James says, hey, there's this story that y'all know. There's this part of our history as disciples, as Israelites even back in the first century. He goes, there's a part of our history. Y'all, you know, could you imagine? We know the story. They know it better than we did, which is Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. Almost everyone's familiar with that story. Right. You remember like God, what did God tell Abraham? Go and sacrifice your son, your one and only son whom you love. Go and sacrifice him. Okay, But that's one of those stories. You go, it's so vivid. And James says, I'm going to use that story to show you. I'm going to use that story that you can say you're faithful. Right. Just like Rich was saying, you can say you're faithful. But if you don't do anything about it, that faith is dead and useless, and it can't save you, right? I mean, that's the the story James told about this story right here, okay? That's an anchor. There's nothing about that that's wrong, okay? But then look at what Paul does, right? So Paul writes in Romans, he's going to take the same story, He says, for what does scripture say? It's Paul writing this. He says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The one who works, his pay is not credited to grace, but to obligation. But to the one who does not work, but believes in the one who declares the ungodly righteous, his faith is credited as righteousness. Uses this story. Okay. And in fact, Earlier than that, and if you actually jump up there, because this is actually a better spot to start because to get a little bit of more, a little more context here, okay? Um, In verse, let's look at chapter 3, verse 27 of Romans. Paul says this, where then is boasting? It's excluded. By what kind of law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by a law of faith. For we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Set apart from the works of the law? Or is God for Jews only? Is he not also for Gentiles? Yes, for Gentiles too, since there's one God who would justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we cancel the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And then he goes on and he, and, and, and he talks about this is this idea of, but uh, what can we say that Abraham, who is our physical ancestor, how was he found? He was. If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to brag about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. This is interesting. I, I want you to picture what that meeting would be like of James and Paul. James, like, hey, Paul, I heard you use my illustration. <laughs> I heard you talking about Abraham and Isaac to your people, right? Uh, and and paul's like i heard that too i heard you were doing that <laughs> you use the same story but ho- hold on do, do they start fighting with one another do they start going no no but you said you're justified by works not faith alone but then paul said no he's justified by faith not by works whoo boy you're going this is why i don't read my bible It's too complicated. It's too hard. No, no, no. We're too lazy. That's really what it comes down to. We're just too lazy to look at this, okay? And they're going, hold on a minute. Which one is right? Which guy is right? You know, can I tell you the number of fights I wouldn't have gotten into if I knew my Bible? Right? Which one is right, though? I want you to think about it. Which one is right? Who's right? It's interesting, okay? here's what, I gotta, I gotta show this, okay? Because if we're, if we're going to learn how to handle these things, and and honestly, this is like first grade education Bible right here, okay? Is, don't you have to know the background of what you're reading? Uh, That's, you have to know it, all right? If you don't, I mean, it'd be like, you know, I don't know, I mean, your favorite Avenger movie. And, I don't know the background of all that. Like, I talk to people that know the background, and they're like, oh, but you don't understand, but the Hulk and this person and that, and he was in the end in the Easter egg of this movie, and, and he did this and all that kind of stuff. I'm going, well, I just like the movie. I'm just like a simple guy. Right? He has jewels in his hand, and people die, right? I don't, But it's just not full. You just don't know the story, right? You got to know the background. You got to know the author. You have Paul, and you have James, all right? Uh, James... Uh, uh, Paul, an apostle, James, Jesus' brother. Here's the deal is the audience. Here's the deal. This is the audience. The audience is different. Okay? The audience is different. The the folks Paul was writing to in Rome, they had a need. And, And keep in mind, when you read a book like Romans, Ephesians, Galatians, when you read these books, they're not like Paul was... Taking a sermon and writing it for some people in a general fashion. He was like, No, there's actually a need there, and I have to address that specific need. There was a specific reason why Paul said, I'm going to take this story and teach it to you this way. And same with James. There was a specific reason for it, okay? And so, before we have, and and why do I bring all this up? Because, boy, I'll tell you what, if you. If you go, especially in our kind of religious culture here in Clemson, if you go on campus and you start talking about what do you, about faith or works and all this kind of stuff, people get angry and opinionated. And you want to know what? I can count on my right hand how many people I've met that I'm like, tell me how the study's gone. When you've studied it out, when you've learned about the author, when you've learned about the context, how's that gone? Almost nobody studies it. Right, opinion can be high, but Bible knowledge can be very low. I'm going to say, listen, let's raise our Bible knowledge up so we know how to handle this. Okay, and um, and so it's it's interesting because here's James' audience. You know, Keith, how do you even know that you read the book of James? <laughs> okay, how do you know? How do you know they were worldly? Man, can you read the book of James and not? understand when he's like hey you can't be friends of the world stop being like the world stop arguing like the world stop showing favoritism like the world listen the christians were being affected by the world all right apathetic spiritually lazy you read these themes throughout the book of james and he's going i got a story for y'all abraham and isaac and you guys might sit around saying you have faith but you're doing nothing and it's just like if abraham were to say i have faith and did nothing Okay, same thing, but he's saying it to this audience, and that's what we talked about last week, okay? And it's that idea of going, oh, man, that's a very different audience than um, Paul's audience. You know, Paul's audience, uh, it was like, dude, just do it. Like, just do the action, okay? Do, Do you guys know kind of the three major things that many times Jews expected Gentiles to follow before they could become Christians? Do you know what those kind of three things were? There's more, right? Circumcision is one. Sabbath was the other, and there was a third. There's a lot, but these are kind of like the big three, okay? Circumcision, Sabbath, and dietary laws, like what they ate, okay? And so a lot of the Jewish Christians were like, okay, hey, man, just like do what we say, even though you know we don't really care what's even going on inside of you. Just, just do this. We'll feel better if you do the Sabbath. Okay. We'll feel better if you don't eat things that make me feel uncomfortable. Right? We'll feel better about these things, all right? It's kind of that idea of what we talk about, like a checklist. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, good. I'm good with God now because I did it, okay? As Paul was writing this, he was going, hold up a minute. Yeah, y'all got the do it part down. But you want to know what? What's going on on the inside has nothing to do with God. It has to do with just do it. It has to do with like the heart seems to matter none at all, okay? that It's just this arrogant thing. It's this self-righteous thing. Like you're feeling good because you did all the right things, okay? And if we're not careful, man, these things, these are very subtle. Okay, we're going to talk about how we can look into them later. But here's the question. It's like, which which audience do you fit more into? Which audience do you fit more into? Would it be James going, yeah, 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 you want to know what? I see that you say it, but you look like everyone else in the world. You say you have faith, I'll show you my faith. Do you need James to talk to you? Okay, because that may be what you're saying. See, why I bring all this up is because when the walls are up in Christianity, we start fighting about who's right, which one is right, which one is right, instead of, hold on, who am I before God? Who, Who am I? Like right now, who are you before God? Do you need James to come down and go, dude, we need to talk because you talk a good game and you really don't have anything to back it up. And James would probably use the same illustration. Let me tell you about Abraham and Isaac, okay? Or are you in the other camp? Do you need Paul to teach you? It's to go, man, you do stuff. Man, you do stuff. You come to church. You open up your Bible and read it. You, you like, do the things. You come to the beach on Sunday nights for Pete's sake. I mean, you know, you, you do these things, but you are as dead as anyone. Do, do you need Paul to talk to you? okay. And there may be, you may be thinking to yourself, I'm a little of both. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit of both there, right? And I'm hoping, you know, it, it, oh man, I hope one of the ways is right, right? I hope it is. But that's not good enough, right? We have to go, hold on a minute, which, which one am I? You know, it's easy to do this in church um, because you go, wow, um, as long as I show up, Then that's good. Everyone's happy, right? Come, but where on earth does it say that? Where? Okay, but we can even do. Oh, you're here. That's great. You've blessed everyone with your presence. That's awesome. Okay, then we gotta let we gotta let you know James talk to us and go. Hold up a minute, man. It's not about just doing this stuff. It's about trusting. It's about loyalty in Jesus as King. And they both use the same story to illustrate that. That's what's awesome. It keeps it simple for us because we can go to the same story and our hearts can be discipled in both ways. right? We can have the same story and go, you know what? I talk a good game and I got nothing. Or, man, you know, the, the, the other side of things where I'm doing things like everyone would say, man, that I do everything I'm supposed to do and inside is just dead Like there's no joy, enthusiasm, peace, patience. There's none of that, okay? And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this tug of war and figure, where are you? Who do you need to talk to you? Okay, is it Paul or is it James? Here's the interesting thing. If you're on whichever kind of camp you kind of sit on, if it's just like, no, I'm really, it's all about, no, no, I don't like to talk about obedience because it's legal. Remember we talked about that word last week, the L word? It's like when I don't want to do something, I just say it's legalistic. Well, that's not okay. Okay? But if I'm kind of more on that side of like, no, don't just do things until you do things when you feel like doing them and all that kind of stuff. But here's, you know, you can become very theoretical, like an amazing Bible student. Like you can learn lots of information, but chances are you're very apathetic. Like you're just not into it. Like your heart is not into it. Okay? just passive, lacking zeal, right? Does this sound like Jesus to you? This doesn't sound like Jesus to me at all, all right? In any way, this is that one extreme side, okay, and going, man, there's a really good chance, like, yeah, there's, there's good things that come from this, which is, man, having maybe a deep anchor on this trust and loyalty in Jesus. But when I'm not holding this tension of faith and works, this is what ends up happening. This may be what's happening in you. Now, here's the funny thing about this no one would know this. That, maybe that'll make you feel better. No one could, would, would really know this just by looking at you. You could go your whole life and fool everybody. All right, but that, understand that's not good news. I'm, I'm just saying that because, like, you know, it, this is a personal accountability thing, right? This is an idea of, like, man, it's, I've got to surrender this to get help right? But maybe I'm on the other side of things. Oops, sorry about that. Maybe I'm on the other side of things here where I'm like, dude, just do it. Just do it. And I'll be happy if you do it. I'd rather you do your quiet time and not care at all about Jesus than not do your quiet time. Yikes, that doesn't sound right. So here's what ends up happening, though. You have the attitude, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Because Your theology tells you as long as you do the right things, you're going to be okay. You know what's funny about this, though, is is you battle between pride and insecurity. Because when you're doing the things you think you're supposed to be doing, you think you're the man. (laughs) I'm awesome. I'm so much better than everyone else. And when you're not doing the things that you know you should be doing, you're going, I'm the worst. Oh, my goodness, this is horrible. It's like this is the spiritual life of the works-based person. It's just like, I'm either arrogant or insecure. I'm either shy or just Mr., like, the best at everything, right? Which comes competitiveness. You know, I've, unfortunately, you know, over the years, it's been so sad when I've heard people say, I don't let anybody have a better quiet time than me. (laughs) I I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, Come on, man. I don't let anybody invite more people than me. I don't let anybody do. Wow, man. I didn't realize that was what we were doing. I I didn't realize we didn't need Jesus. Right? We just needed to be, like, better than somebody else. Right? And so here's the deal is is you have this tension in both writers. Okay? So big picture. Okay? Like, span back out to the 30,000-foot view. What are we talking about? How do we grow in faith, being more faithful? To Jesus, more loyal to Jesus, like growing in that, consistently growing in more trust. Like when Jesus is saying, Hey dude, step into the boat now. Okay. I can step into the boat. Okay. Now, now come and sit up in the front row in the boat. I don't, don't read into that. Don't be like, oh, Keith says you have to sit in the front row. No, no, no. I'm talking about Jesus is going, okay, that's great that you got in the boat. Now you might want to take a step out of the boat. I don't know about that. Come on. Okay. We're trying to grow in hearing Jesus going, okay, come on, come on. You can do it because you can trust me. That's what we're trying to grow in. And oftentimes, do you guys know kind of the background of that story when, when Peter walked on water? Do you kind of remember that? All the guys were in the boat, Sometimes when it comes to growing in faith, we can all be in the boat arguing with one another who's faithful and who's got works. Who's doing it and who's not doing it, okay? And I'm saying, wow, the Bible teaches us we have to have both. We've got to have both. Right? This idea of I trust you, I'm loyal to you, I know what you've done. You're calling us out. Okay, let's do it, okay? Because I can't just sit here and say I know you and I trust you and not get up and move. All right. It's that tension right there. Okay. And here's what's funny is, is as you read the book of James and then you read Paul's writings, Paul wrote a lot of similar things in the book of Galatians. It's interesting. Their message, they bring it together. They bring this message together. In James, James says, here's the deal. You see that Abraham's faith was working together with his works. They were working together, okay? You can't pull them apart. You've got to have both. You can't be a faith alone. You can't be an obedience alone. You can't be one of those. It's got to be both, right? And he's saying they work together. That's how this goes. Paul says a similar thing. He says the only thing that matters is faith working with love, expressing itself with love, okay? This action, this idea of what's going on inside, acting it out on the outside, All right. One without the other, you can't have and be a disciple. It's got to be both. Okay, and what's great about this is this is what brings like peace and freedom, because we're not fighting about semantics and we're not fighting about theology. We're going, I'm following Jesus and Jesus going, come on, you can follow me. And I'm going, yeah, I can't because you're awesome. And so I can follow you. And you wonder what happens is life gets boring when it becomes theoretical. When we start overthinking. Right? we start going, oh man, I don't know. Do I have faith? Do I need more works? Do I need it? Instead of going, Jesus, what are you saying? You like, come out more? Yeah, do this. Here. It's, it becomes like a challenge, but it becomes exciting as well, right? You know, this story, I mean, can you imagine being this guy? Can you imagine being Abraham? How agonizing it must be. Can you imagine? Let me, so why do I put this up here? Because I think, you know, we've got to dive in. If Paul and James both use the same story to illustrate this major principle, we've got to get into there on a heart level. All right? And, you know, can you imagine as Abraham and Isaac were walking and Abraham knew I was going to be tested? I've been asked to kill my son, my only son. All right? How much... I don't know, I mean, we're, we're just throwing it out there. Do you think Abraham prayed at all on the way? I, if I was going to bet that he did or that he didn't, I would bet that he was having a conversation with God for the days it took to get there. You know, he took a long time to go short distance, okay? It's like he wasn't hurrying to get to the place, okay? Did, did he pray? Did he wrestle, do you think? Do you know what that looks like, wrestling with God? Where you're like, I don't like this, and we're going to keep talking it out until we're, God, I'm on your page. And sometimes that takes a long time, and sometimes it takes fighting, and it takes just this internal wrestling match of, God, I don't know, I don't know. Why do I say all that? It's because it's going to be really hard to have that tension, right, if we aren't willing to become wrestlers in our faith to know that, okay, God, you're calling me to this, and I just don't like it. You're calling me to this. I see in your word you're telling me I need to obey this. Maybe it's repenting of something. Maybe it's repenting of sin. Maybe it's immorality. Maybe it's deception. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's just you're living a lie. Maybe Whatever is this idea of maybe it's just repentance, and you know it, and you're like, but I don't like it. I don't like even thinking about it. I don't like even wanting to talk about it. I don't like any of those things, and it's just like, okay, God, we're going to keep wrestling. We're going to keep wrestling, and you've got to be kind of like Abraham, walking with Isaac behind you, and go, Me, we're just going to keep talking, keep talking, and keep talking until I can put that boy up on the altar, yeah. okay, and so you look at this, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, because here's the cool thing about the Bible, is, uh, boy, that you have Genesis 22, which is the story originally told, okay, you have Romans 4, that Paul wrote about this story, you have James 2, that... James wrote about the story. You have Hebrews where the author of Hebrews wrote the story. And in each case, we get a little bit more insight into what was going on inside his head, which is really awesome, right? So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. Here's what the author said of Hebrews. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Boy, that sums up everything right there, huh? Is it faith alone? No. Is it just, oh, what? no? By faith, by trust, Abraham, when he was tested, do you like that word? I don't, I don't like that word. I mean, you're crazy. I love that word. I pray every morning for God to test me. Okay, no, I don't. He offered up Isaac. His actions work together with his faith. He had received the promises, yet he was ready to offer up his only son. God had told him, through Isaac, descendants will carry on your name, which made it even harder. Have you ever had that before? Like you're wrestling with God and you're going, but God, this doesn't make sense. Have you ever had one of those talks with God? God, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that I would make this decision. Well, Abraham's going, hold on a minute. God, you told me that Isaac was going to be the one that all these people were going to come from. And now you want me to kill him? That doesn't make sense. All right, and again, it's that idea going, oh man, sometimes, sometimes what we're called to do doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit into our calendar. It doesn't fit into our dreams. It doesn't fit into everything that we want a life to be. Right? And so, with I, we got to go, hold on a minute, this doesn't make any sense. You know, like for me, I think of oftentimes, you know, that idea of like, okay, I, I went through college, actually, believe it or not, a long time ago, okay? And got a degree, and I got a master's degree, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it's really interesting when you pay money to go and get an education, then you tell your parents, by the way, I'm going to quit that and go into the ministry. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. All that stuff I've done for the past, yeah, okay, well, that was great. And I'll never use it again. (laughs) Okay? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. And you may be having that talk too. No, no, no. I spent too much money investing in such and such. It doesn't make sense. Don't, don't fall for the argument. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. God has the, My dream and God's dream is the same dream. Like, wh- why would I be inconvenienced? Well, this is the wrestling match Abraham's having with Isaac. But here's what he did. He reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. He reasoned. That was part of his wrestling match. He's going, you know what, But let me think about this. God is pretty awesome. Let me reason. Sometimes we don't go into the reasoning part. We just go into the the temper tantrum part. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, we're just, ah. Instead of going, hold on a minute. You know what? God is pretty awesome. (laughs) Hold on a minute. God, he wants me to kill. Let me reason this out a little bit. Because a lot of times when we're kind of toting Isaac along behind us, Whatever Isaac is, we're toting him along behind us. We're going, oh, man, um, God, it, to ask me to do this, must really want me to suffer. God just doesn't like me. He just doesn't want me to have any fun in life. He doesn't want, he just wants to ruin my life, okay? And those are the things we start, and then we've got to stop and reason. If we're going to grow in faith, we've got to stop and reason. Right. And go, wow, hold on a minute here. God's pretty awesome. God is pretty awesome. Is there anything God has done, hmm, I don't know, in the history of the world that would make me think, he's pretty awesome. He can do some pretty neat things, okay, right? He can do things even me and you can't do, huh? A couple, right? He can talk to dirt and make it come to life. That's awesome, right? I mean, he can do things, and, and, and that's where we're supposed to go. You, you want to grow in faith, okay? You don't get stuck in this insecurity. You don't get just stuck in this pride. You don't get stuck in this theological argument. You go, okay, God, what are you asking me to do? Let me get in your word and do it. And now, even when it's hard, I'm going to reason by how amazing you are. Like, I don't know any verses that God said, I came down on earth to just make your life miserable. He did come to set us free right? He did come to seek and save. He did come for those reasons. Go, man, God, you're pretty awesome. Maybe I'm seeing this wrong. Maybe what I'm scared of and angry about, maybe this idea of being tested is just kind of reveal my lack of faith and even my lack of awe of God. God, you're pretty awesome, okay? That, let's reason that way to grow in faith. Let's reason. Go, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Let's reason. God, you're pretty awesome, and I see that you're telling me to do this, right? He reasoned with him, in, back in Romans chapter 4, you can just read it up here, it said that Abraham did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully convinced that what God promised, he was also able to do. Amen. Okay, it, th- that's the thing. He didn't waver. That would be awesome, huh? That he can't, you don't know what what, the, what does that look like? All right, he didn't waver. Does it mean he was just like, yes, I'll kill him right now. No, he's like, come on, we're going to walk. We're going to go to the place. God told me to go to the place, so at least we're going to go there. But we're going to keep going to that place. Like, like we're going to obey. I'm not wavering. Now, I'm going to wrestle, but I'm not going to waver. Right? Yeah. We're going to go. How, how long did it take, do you think, for Abraham to become fully convinced that God could do what he said? One great quiet time? <laughs> how long? How how much like repetition does it take for you to become convinced of something? Over and over and over and over. Yeah. And and you know what's funny is yeah. the world is doing that to all of us every single day. Right. Every single day. The world is repetitively telling you, listen, what matters is like immediate satisfaction, what matters is that your dreams are uh come to life what matters is is that your life is the greatest what matters is that sensuality is above all else what matters is how you feel is above all else what, and we're, believe me every commercial and every billboard and every interaction and we're at work and we're at school we're being bombarded by the repetitive nature because the world isn't telling us no you know what deny yourself pump the brakes be patient like stop for a second don't just like be individualistic think about your community Okay, we're not being bombarded by that. And I'll tell you, if we want to grow in faith, we've got to bombard ourselves with this message to be convinced. Hold on a minute. Over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know if that means you keep a 3 by 5 card in your pocket every single day and you're pulling it out every 10 minutes and reminding yourself, then that's what you do. Every single day to remind yourself who God is. Every single day. Without that, we become like what Rich was talking about earlier, the 600-pound life gone, man, I want to lose weight, and I want to get better, and I want all that kind of stuff, and I'm doing everything the doctor told me, now pass me the two liter. And totally oblivious, totally oblivious to it, right? It's bombarding ourselves to become totally and fully convinced about God. Here's the interesting thing is, is that God is calling me and you God hadn't stopped talking. God hadn't tried to get in and go, hey, listen listen to me. All right? And maybe it's been circumstances that he keeps, listen to me. But God is, and it's, do you hear him? It's it's hard in our world. It it is hard in our world. Our world is noisy, right? Our, Our world exalts things that God doesn't exalt. Our world is, man, you get rewarded for all kinds of things, but he's, he, he is calling. Here's what I'd like to do this week, okay? We did this last year a number of times, okay? Is um, this thing called, a, this activity we call 30 for 30, okay? And it's taking 30 minutes, and if you have to take out a clock and put 30 minutes in, Go ahead. And you stay in one section, and you write down 30 observations from that section. And this is what we're talking about, Genesis 22, 1 through 18. This is the story, Abraham, Abraham and Isaac. Not what you think it means, not what you think would be good for somebody else, but, like, really, there may be questions that come up into your mind. Write it down. That's one. There may be something you didn't know. Write it down. That's Two. Write down your observations. Write down what you're seeing. Okay? And chances are you'll get to 10 or 12 or 15, and you go, this is super fast. I'm going to be done in like seven minutes. Okay? And then you get to 20, and you're going, I need another 30. <laughs> like, it challenges you to stay in the text. It challenges you to dig it out. It challenges you. It challenges me and you to stay there. And I go, hold on. What am I learning? Let me hear the voice of God. We... we everybody's got 30 minutes. We, we have 30 minutes to do this. I, I would encourage you to do it 30 minutes every day. The same verse, okay? Just digging it. What was it? 30 for 30 and just going through and then take your list and pray through it. Pray through it. Take your list and sit down with us. You got questions? Get help. All right? Th- this, is, this is the exercise here to... Kind of get it going just a little bit, right? Whoops, that was it right there. Um, there's a word, right? We talked about like the L word last week, legalism. There's another word equally like that is controversial, I guess, like obedience, like obeying. Okay. And, and understand when we talk about faith and works, the idea that, I mean, obedience is demanded in the Bible. Like, there isn't anything in the Bible you can go, I'm not obeying that, okay? All right? But it's the idea of will I faithfully obey or will I just do it? Okay? We've got to obey. So as you even study your Bible each day, I want you to just think about this. In the past week, what has God called you to obey? It, it might be big things. There, there may be big things where you're going, I know I need to do this. And I'm wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. And I'm waiting for a good time to stop wrestling. There's not a good time. There's not a good time. There's not like this perfect time, okay? There's a time to just tap out. I'm done. I surrender, okay? But maybe it's a big thing, but maybe it's a little thing. Or or maybe you haven't even thought about it this week. Okay, and that's the dangerous part, right, where we're going, no, we're faithful, though. We are faithful, but I don't even know what God asked me to do. I guess he just wants me to be a good person. I guess he just wants me to do that. I guess he just wants me to go and do those things. And then, boy, life is boring and Christianity is drudgery, right? And then it's about, man, then you do fall into this idea of competitiveness of who do I look better than and who do I look worse than. That's a painful place to be, okay? And so as we study this out, I would encourage you, go back and read James, go back and read Romans, read Hebrews 11, dig this out and go, hold on a minute, you have two brothers that use the same passage to disciple our hearts, okay? Which side of this am I kind of leaning on, right? Where do I kind of see this coming out? And then let me dig into this very story and take a look, like, like, how is my obedience going